welcome to Monsters and Mixers, the spine-chilling podcast guaranteed to quench your thirst for all things spooky and one thing drinky. Can't get enough of paranormal or true crime stories? Then this is the place for you. We are your hosts, Amy and Emma, and each episode will feature a new story and a new cocktail recipe to help calm your nerves while you listen. So grab your ingredients, pull the covers up tight, and prepare to be terrified by tales of the darkness among us. Welcome back to Monsters and Mixers. We are your hosts. I am Amy. And I am Emma. And today we're going to be talking about skinwalkers. So fair warning, this topic is considered to be extremely dangerous to speak about. I'm not sure how that works with listening, but I would imagine that there's probably a little bit of controversy surrounding that as well. Many Native Americans actually refuse to even utter the word out of fear. One will seek them out and try to harm them if just they talk about them. It is commonly believed that simply speaking about skinwalkers will invite them into your life and increase the chances you will see one. So, that being said, I will probably be saging the house tonight after we finish this episode. Yeah, you're like not even supposed to say the word. Yeah, and I'm so gonna... you should have... I'm chosen a different word. I'm going to say it approximately 500 times. It is. Um, it, it, yeah. So let's just hope that we are safe from the Voldemort of paranormal activity. Before we get into the scary stuff, though, let's make our drink because I have a feeling we're going to need it. Later in the episode, we're going to take a trip to Utah, a state famous for root beer. To help us feel connected, I found this delicious and easy recipe for a root beer white Russian, which is hard for me to say. Lots of ours. And it is really simple. Two ounces of Kahlua, four ounces of vodka, 12 ounces of root beer, and then two ounces of heavy cream or milk. We use just 2% milk because we don't typically carry heavy cream or have it in the house. Um, and honestly, it tastes pretty much the same when you just use milk as opposed to cream. And then you just put ice on it and mix it all together. We mixed ours ahead of time, so you didn't have to hear all the clinking and pouring, but we have not tried it yet. So this will be our inaugural voyage into the root beer white Russian. It looks pretty tasty. I love root beer, so. All right, so here we go. Mm, I like it. Emma's making a face. It's so strong. It is very strong, and I actually cut back on the recipe because it looked like it was going to be a little strong. Maybe you need to stir yours up a little more. Mine's not bad. I actually think it's pretty tasty. All I can taste is vodka. Really? All I can taste is Kahlua. <laughs> what are the cats' That is the craziest thing I've ever Being really hard in the litter box. Those of you who have been listening for a while know that our um, cats like to make their presence known during the recordings, usually vis-a-vis -vis the... Um, litter box and now the one over there right now is our old ginger cat olive who has some depth perception issues and scratches anything but the litter when she's done so she is walking around scratching the floor all around the perimeter of the litter box yeah. instead of actually in the litter box we don't know what's up with her she's crazy she's old yeah she is old <laughs> so hopefully you have had time if you are going to to make your drink we do post the recipes online, so if you have not been following along, don't know that, you can find them on our Facebook and Twitter, which actually I think I forgot to share this episode, this recipe on Twitter, so we'll have to do that. All right, 
So now that we have our drinks in hand, are you ready to hear about the dreaded skinwalkers, Emma? Yeah. I've, I was like super into, into them for a long time. I've watched many a video documentary. Yeah. Read a lot about them, but why not more? It, there's <laughs> never too much information. You're breaking yourself? Yeah. Okay, so in order to understand skinwalkers, I thought we needed to dive into like what they are. So they originate from beliefs held by various Native American tribes, but most commonly the Navajo. The Navajo believe that skinwalkers are created when medicine men harness their powers for evil deeds. Sometimes this includes using human corpses to curse, harm, or kill a targeted victim. Medicine men are considered by the tribes to be a type of witch. While many medicine men practice in the arts to heal, some use their skills for malevolent purposes and are thus transformed into skinwalkers. It's like Ursula in yeah, Little Mermaid. The sea witch, kind of. The legends surrounding skinwalkers go back hundreds of years and all contain the same elements. Skinwalkers are created when a medicine man is initiated into a secret society by committing what many believe to be the ultimate sin of killing a close member of their own family, and this is usually a sibling. After committing the horrible atrocity, the medicine man is forever transformed and can now possess or disguise themselves as an animal. The new witch is now called a Yinadushi, and I looked up how to pronounce that so I did get it right, because he can now become an animal and walk on four legs. Yinadushi is roughly translated into, with it, he goes on all fours. So it's just a way of saying that, you know, now you can be an animal. Mm -hmm. While there are several more types of witches, this is the most dangerous one and is feared by all in the tribe. Mainly, I think that's because it's impossible to know which members of the tribe may be skinwalkers because they are able to conceal their identity and participate in normal activities during the day. However, when night falls, they escape to the cover of the woods and under the cloak of night, transform into the animal of their choice and carry out their dark desires. Because of this, the Navajo consider it taboo for its members to wear the pelt of any predatory animal. They feel like that's kind of inviting or invoking or... It's a bad omen. Yeah, or some way implying that you might be a skinwalker. Skinwalkers also have other powers, including reading others' minds, controlling their thoughts and behavior, causing disease and illness, destroying property, and bring, even bringing about death. In addition to being able to shapeshift, the skinwalker control the, can control the creatures of the night and make them do their bidding. They can summon the, summon the spirits of the dead and reanimate dead bodies to use um, for their own, at their own will. They're really scary. They are incredibly fast, strong, agile, nearly impossible to catch, and able to jump off of dangerously high cliffs. The motivation of a skinwalker appears to be that of anger, revenge, greed, or personal gain. However, because a skinwalker needs to kill to continue having strength, I feel like it is possible that survival may pay, play a big part in their evil acts. Because if they do not kill and feed on the life force of their victims, they will cease to exist. So do they believe that like the medicine men or whatever make the conscious decision to become a skinwalker? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to actively choose it. Um, I, when I was doing this, seemed to feel like, and find myself thinking of vampire a lot. Because if you look at even like old Bram Stoker stories and things like that, like the able, ability to shapeshift into a wolf or turn into some animal 
or Is things that like more that. Like werewolf than vampire? No, because the werewolf doesn't choose when to change. The werewolf changes because of the moon, whereas a vampire oh, and yeah, a vampire and <laughs> old folklore can become wolves, dogs, bats, mist, whatever they need to in order to. Why are you making that face? I feel like that's not really portrayed in like vampire movies. Have you seen? They're just bats. Have you seen Dracula? I have. He becomes a, like that, he becomes a wolf. That's like the only one. Yeah, but that's OG vampire lore. Was it lore or is it just a vampire movie? It's a story. It's a book written on things Why that they it, believed. Like, has the definition of vampire just changed so much that they don't consider that part of them anymore? I think what we get when we look at um, the Bram Stoker story is the original ideas behind vampires and it is commonly thought that they can shapeshift. You're going to have to look up more into that. Is that so they can like go out in the sun? No, because even then I think most of the time it's always done at night. The point is, <laughs> you're a vampire. They change into an animal that fits the needs of the time. Okay. So if you need to be able to fly, you would be a bat. And if you need to be able to run fast, you would be a coyote or a wolf. Or if you need to be strong, you can change into something that's like super strong. And it's very similar. Those are really similar similar themes I found in the whole Skinwalker thing. It is much easier for a skinwalker to possess the body of an animal than possessing a human. And it is said that in order to possess a human, the skinwalker has to actually lock eyes with the victim. And I read a lot of stories where they were talking about how they thought they encountered a skinwalker. And it's they go into like almost like a trance. Yeah. And the skinwalker has to hold your eye contact for a pretty decent amount of time before they can actually assume your body. Whereas I think with animals... Because there's not the same level of consciousness, it's real quick. You can just like take over an animal. Yeah, I've also like read that when people s- claim that they see or feel like they see like a skinwalker in the form of an animal, like their eyes are the weirdest part. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that in a minute. Um, once they do assume control of the person, they can make them do their bidding. So they can c- control their actions, their words, their thoughts. Uh, people who have encountered skinwalkers and lived to report them. Say they use scare tactics, such as making sounds outside their home, uh, loudly pounding on walls, tapping or knocking on windows, or even scraping their claws really eerily on the rooftop, which I think would be the scariest one. They can, like, mimic human voices. Mm -hmm. That video that I've been watching, that TikToker I've been watching, has lots of videos where he and his horse are out and you hear somebody sometimes it sounds like a kid sometimes it sounds like a woman but just saying hello or hey or help me and it's so terrifying um skinwalkers have been known to suddenly appear in front of vehicles in order to cause car accidents and death and i just couldn't help but imagine driving down a dark road late at night and having an animal run in front of your vehicle causing you to crash and then you get out of your car, dazed, bloody, and you see that that is actually not even a real animal, but some witch that's going to like suck your life force and consume your energy. And that sounds so completely freaking scary to me. I would not be okay. Mm-hmm. This episode really, like, I found it to be very scary when it's I was researching. Terrifying. So like you were saying earlier, um, it is difficult to tell if an animal is really a skinwalker and even harder if not impossible to kill them. But they say if you look closely at the shape of their eyes, 
when a skinwalker is in animal form, the eyes look really superhuman, like where you can see more of the whites of the eye and the pupil's not slanted. It's more circular like people. But then in human form, it's the opposite. The eyes look very animal-like and almost like a cat or something where the pupil's very elongated. And unfortunately, by the time someone realizes they are being pursued by a skinwalker, it's often too late to escape. You usually are, if you see them and you realize it's, you're usually done for. Uh, skinwalkers gather together to conduct their black magic and perform ceremonies. And a lot of their ceremonies and things seem very similar to normal tribal ceremonies, except for they incorporate a lot of darker arts into it, like necrophilia, cannibalism, incest, and lots of grave rob robbing came up. And that was because the skinwalkers are really greedy and they rob the graves to get the jewels and things to support their lifestyles, I guess. Uh, it is also possible for the witches to channel their collective powers and harm their intended victims from afar. So they, I guess it would be like a coven, I almost. I mean, I would think that would be kind of what it would be like of, of skinwalkers and they can all put their powers together and get somebody. Mm -hmm. um, lots of things that happen, common practice during these unholy events include shape-shifting into animals or going about naked and adorned with ceremonial paint. And I think that's only included because it implies like a, I guess a more basic raw animalistic kind of approach to the ceremonies. Whereas most Native American ceremonies are all about being ordained in elaborate dress and mm. celebrating your ancestors and then just being one with nature. Uh, skin stories about skinwalkers slaughtering animals are really prevalent. In some cases, the killings have actually been interrupted by the animal's owners who were terrified by seeing an animal-like being behaving in very human ways. And I read this story. It was really scary about this man who heard a bunch of commotion going on in his barn. His sheep are like going freaking crazy. And he walks in and all of his sheep are dead except for one that is like cowering in the corner, like terrified for its life. And it's sitting there and it's like shaking. And then he looks over and there's this ram that he doesn't recognize. It's not his. And the ram is like super big and has like really weird patchy pelt. And the ram starts laughing. And yeah, I know you're making that face. Uh -uh. Starts laughing like a human. And then just kind of stands up and runs away. Runs away like a human would. Did he save the lamb? I believe the one sheep was okay. Yeah, but all the rest of them were dead. It's horrible. It is horrible. It's like the chupacabra. It kind of, except for massively big. Modern stories of encountering a skinwalker mostly take place in the American Southeast, but there have also been reports as far away as Australia. And I scoured Reddit. Southwest. Oh, did I say Southeast? Sorry. Yeah. Southwest. Um, I've read, uh, read a lot of stories on Reddit to kind of get some ideas and, and things for the episode. And I came across two that were so super scary that I wanted to kind of summarize what happened. I want to give credit to the people who originally wrote them, even though I did rework their stories. So this is from a guy, um, Neptune420. And he talks about when he was a kid, his dad asked him to go do a late, late night delivery in the middle of nowhere. His dad was a truck driver that did a lot of the 
more remote deliveries that a bigger truck wouldn't do because the roads were too small and things like that. So later that night, as they're driving in the rain with his friend, who was a Navajo in the truck behind him, they see a large animal on the road ahead. And the poster's dad radios to his friend and says, hey, do you see that dog, that giant dog in the road? And immediately the friend starts freaking out and tells him it's not a dog and to hit it with his truck. He's like, hit it with the truck. That seems a little bit much. I, I'm not sure what you're doing. His friend gets hysterical and starts yelling into the radio that he needs to speed up now and hit the animal. And it is at that point that they realize just how massive the beast is. And it is almost as tall as their truck and that it is completely covered in blood. Moments later, their headlights shine fully on the form and it turns to look at them and they are shocked to see that it has a face, not just a face, but a human face. And it looks at them and they're like, oh my God. And they are super close to hitting it. And this thing just lets out this human-like yell and launches itself to the side of the road. And the friend comes back on the radio and tells them to speed up and get the fuck out of there. We gotta go, just go, 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 don't stop. And so they're speeding down the road and miles later, still speeding like madmen, they get pulled over by a cop because obviously they're driving too fast. And his friend is at OG. He doesn't want to abandon them. He pulls over also. The cop, because he's like, why is this other person stopping? Is like, what the heck's going on? And the cop was a Navajo also. Asked the friend what he's doing and he says... We just saw a skinwalker back there, and it's been following us ever since then, which the guy driving the truck had no idea. The cop immediately turned a ghastly shade of white, quickly issued them a verbal warning, and got back in his car and just took off. Like, nope, not doing this. They did not encounter the creature again on their drive, and the friend made sure to give them a talisman when they got back to eat to ward off the evil so that they would be safe. But that sounds so freaking terrifying. Yeah. And as someone who doesn't know, I'm sure that the guy driving had no idea about skinwalkers. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. And then when he sees the cop go, uh, what the hell? No, you guys are fine. Like, See ya. Don't do it again. Yeah. I thought that was really super freaking scary. Sorry, it was a drink break. So anyway, like I know it's annoying to insert logic in here, but like some coyotes, especially some coyotes can be huge. One coyotes are usually small. Wolves they can are, be big, but they can be big. And I don't know if they're in a place where wolves are prevalent. I'm gonna guess no. I think wolves are more northeast. Yeah. Um, not northwest in the too. I feel. Like. I don't know. But uh, is it possible that it's literally just like a scraggly animal that has like mange and it would be just a, looks weird and i mean very 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 large animal i mean if you were in the road and a truck was driving at you full speed trying to hit you you'd probably scream and jump off the side too regardless of what species you are i think it's the fact that the guy in the truck behind them saw it following them that makes it i mean why would a coyote follow you i don't know maybe it was rabid well even a rabid coyote would lack the forethought to follow a truck chasing someone i don't know i've seen many videos of <laughs> emus following cars emus coyotes run alongside cars i mean i guess it's possible i don't think that's what, what happened but 
<laughs> it was definitely not a moose. They they're, said it was huge. They're very identifiable and look nothing like a dog. <laughs> okay, so the second story I found is also from Reddit, and it was from Navajo Joe. And he says that when he was a kid, he took a trip with his uncle down an old dirt road when he had an overwhelming sense of being watched. And I didn't put this in here, but it was a really small road, so they were only going like 30 miles an hour because it was kind of dangerous to drive any faster. That's the worst feeling ever. Yeah. That's how I feel when I'm closing at work all the time. Because it's... just feel like someone... There's going to be someone so exposed. watching me. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was getting ready to look out the window because he had that sense of being watched. And his young uncle, I guess, had some idea that he was going to look. Yelled at him and told him to stop and not look. Um, this, of course, froze the kid in his tracks. And he didn't look outside. His uncle started getting really nervous, sped up the car, and began praying in Navajo in an effort to get away from whatever whatever was lurking outside. But soon after that, the OP heard a light tapping on the window beside him. Like, remember, they're going like they were going 30, they're going faster, so probably 40, 45 miles an hour at this point. And something's tapping on his window. His uncle continued to say prayers in the Navajo tongue, but in between them, he kept telling him not to look out the window and don't look outside until they're safe. And I think that goes back to, like, locking the eyes and the skinwalker being able to, like, take over you. The poster did it, did as he was told, but then he started hearing the tapping again, only it was from behind the car. So something was behind them now tapping on the car. Shortly after, the car began to kind of dip and move like something had a hold of it and was trying to stop them or flip them over. After a few minutes of the car dipping and being pulled, the activity has suddenly stopped and his uncle let out a sigh of relief and he told the boy that they were safe for now and that he would ask the boy's father to do a prayer in the morning so the evil would, quote, forget their faces. The uncle continued to pray and sing the entire way home. A few days later, the poster called his uncle because he had a nightmare about the incident and he just wanted to kind of like talk to somebody who had gone through it with him. They talked for a while and then the poster asked him a question. He was like, why didn't you just step on the brake when it was in the back? And the uncle, he thought the uncle would think that was kind of funny and completely serious, not laughing. He said, because it wasn't alone. Which really when I read that, that almost made me sick. I was mm. like, there were more. Um, he know he just felt it. He could see the eyes. He the uncle told him that he never actually could see a physical form, but he saw these red eyes on when he was looking in the mirror behind them, beside them. There were like red red eyes everywhere. Um, there are lots more stories if you want to go to Reddit Skinwalker subreddit. Uh, you can read all kinds of things. I fall down the rabbit hole that I did um, for the last three days. I have been reading, 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 reading. It's. I don't know, some kind of new weird obsession I have now. Um, if, easy to do on Reddit. Yeah, because there are so many stories and they all just like build and tag mm -hmm. on. Um, if you take anything away from the stories, it should be not to go driving late at night by a reservation because most of these stories take place by a reservation. And that skinwalkers are fucking terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. You didn't already know. <laughs> yeah. Just in case we haven't made it clear, they are scary AF. The name alone is terrifying. It really is. If you ever encounter a skinwalker, which hopefully you do not, I, like I said, I'm going to sage and find someone to help me out. Maybe go to Mineral Springs and get me some um, things to ward off evil. Your only hope 
may reside in getting a blessing from a medicine man huh? or trying your luck with a bullet, knife, or spear dipped into white ash. So how do they know which ones to trust? That's a well, good question. Medicine man is a good man. If you're like, if they, you said the Navajo like think that medicine men are like witches. Well, yeah, but there's good witches and bad witches. Yeah, but like what if the medicine man you go to is just a skinwalker just like everyone else? How like, do you know? Like the preacher in Silver Bullet? Yeah, like wouldn't that be like the perfect way as a skinwalker to trap people? Yeah. Disguise yourself as a good one? So you're saying there is no hope? No. I mean, that would be the last place I went. I'd take all matters into my own hands. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I you could go with the second thing, which I said was dipping a bullet knife or spear in white ash, which is... Is it like white sage? No, which is any white ash. So ash from a fire. I read a few stories where um, there were people talking about they were living in trailers with their grandma and grandpa, like staying there for the summer and could hear animals but not really animals outside of their trailer like making really weird noises and they would come up and like scratch on the door and stuff and their grandpa always knew what to do and he would get up grab a bullet rub it in the ash from their stove because they had one of those stoves that you have to light and then go outside and fire at it and then he would always come back in inside like, man, that was the biggest skinwalker I've ever seen. Like, day so casual. Yeah. So nonchalant. Oh, look, it's a, another skinwalker. I mean, I guess if you're used to it. Yeah. I don't know if you could ever get used to that. It's really scary. Um, like I said, it may be impossible to kill the skinwalker. So just hope you are never unfortunate enough to come across the most evil witch in Amer- Native American lore. And we're going to take a break. At this point, when we get back, we're going to talk about one of the most famous places associated with skinwalkers. And I'm going to say the word 5,000 more times and probably get myself cursed. So. Yeah, it's just like black-eyed children. You're just not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> and great. We're no. going to be. No. And we live by the woods, so right. we're just doomed. Dun, dun, dun. And a... just the last monsters and mixers. <laughs> it's been nice knowing you. All right, we will be right back. episode we're switching from talking about just skinwalkers in general and now we're going to talk about skinwalker ranch which is a property located on approximately 512 acres southeast of ballard utah it is reputed to be the site of paranormal and ufo related activities it gets its name from some early interactions by some of the previous owners who i will talk about more later but here's a little bit of what they said and how the name kind of came to be One day shortly after settling into their dream country homestead, Terry and Gwen Sherman were startled by the sight of a fearsome animal, perhaps a wolf or coyote, stalking towards their livestock pen. When it grabbed a calf in its jaws, Terry fired at it with a handgun and then a rifle. Despite being hit, the creature didn't seem hurt and simply wandered away into the bushes. Its foul stench like rotting flesh stayed with the Shermans, 
And in the weeks and months that followed, visitors to the ranch reported seeing unidentifiable beast moving in the woods and letting out roars. So that answers your question about wolves. I guess there are wolves and coyotes in the same spot, at least in this part of Utah. Mm -hmm. uh, skinwalkers aren't the only thing to worry about at the ranch. UFO reports in the, I think it's Unita Basin, were highly publicized during the 1970s. Claims about the ranch first appeared in 1996 in the Salt Lake City, Utah Desert News, and later in the alternative weekly Las Vegas Mercury as a series of articles by investigative journalist George Knapp. These early stories detailed the claims of a family that allegedly experienced inexplicable and frightening events after they purchased and occupied the property. And that's the people I talked about earlier, the Shermans. In 2005, Colm Keller and co-author George Knapp published a book in which they described the ranch being acquired by the National Institute for Discovery Science, or NIDSci, to study anecdotal sightings of UFOs, Bigfoot-like creatures, crop circles, glowing orbs, and poltergeist activity reported by its former owners. So it has literally everything it's happening like a there. Portal. Maybe a lot of people think that. Um, like I said, the ranch is located in Unitaw, or yeah. Unt yeah, Unitaw. Unitaw. Okay. County bordering the Ute Indian Reservation. It was properly dubbed the UFO Ranch due to its ostensible 50-year history of odd events said to have taken place there. According to Keller and Knapp, they saw or investigated evidence of close to 100 incidents that included vanishing and mutilated cattle, sightings of unidentified flying objects or orbs, large animals with piercing red eyes that they saw were unscathed when struck by bullets. They needed to dip those in ash. And invisible objects emitting destructive magnetic fields. Among those involved were retired U.S. Army, Army Colonel John B. Alexander, who characterized the NIDSI effort as an attempt to get hard data using a standard scientific approach. However, the investigators admitted to difficulty obtaining evidence consistent with scientific publications. So, in other words, they could see the things happening, they could document them, but they could not come up with a reason for it, which I think lends to a lot of credibility in the assertions that the activity is more paranormal in nature. Cattle mutilations have been part of the folklore of the surrounding area for decades, so not just on the farm or on the ranch, but all around. When NIDSI founder Robert Bigelow purchased the ranch for $200,000, this was reportedly the result of his having been convinced by the stories of the mutilations that included tales of strange lights and unusual impressions made in grass and soil told by the family of former ranch owner Terry Sherman. So, so he bought it because he was convinced that it was happening? He bought it because, he, yeah, he was convinced he wanted to do research to find out why. He was like, kind of like a, I guess, a UFO enthusiast. Wants to figure out what the heck's going on. I believe he still owns it to this day. Also, $200,000 is a steal. Yeah, that was less than what they paid for. So they actually that sold their property, property at a loss. Is huge. Mm-hmm. So this is a story that Terry and Gwen Sherman told. Um, it is information I gathered from an article by David Perkins from Spirit Magazine, Volume 10, in 1997. So this is a copyright. He copyrighted his article. I took the information, but I did not directly take it's any of the stuff. Copywritten. Yeah, I know. I was like, that didn't sound right, but <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. Okay, so... 
Terry Sherman, his wife Gwen, and their children bought their dream ranch in 1994, shortly after their nightmare began. Large circular impressions were found in their pastures. One crop configuration was said to be a large 30-foot triangle. Some circles were as large as the first... Some circles were as large at... I don't even know what's going on here. The first sign that something was different about the place were the large circular impressions which the Shermans kept finding in their pastures. Well, okay, there it is. One was 30 feet triangle. Other circles were three feet wide and one to two feet deep. But the weird thing about it was there was no soil removed. Nothing was missing from inside the holes. So it couldn't have been done from like a plow or farming equipment. Everything was intact. Soon, Terry's Price cattle began having issues and started dying from strange and unknown reasons. While checking his cattle one evening in 1995, Terry saw a silent glowing object pass over a 50-foot tall stand of poplar trees that fringed one of their fields. He didn't know what the object could be. A few days later, Gwen saw another unexplained flying object. She said it looked like headlights, but they were a little ways away from the craft. It just lit the whole sky up of the side of the mountains like it was broad daylight. When they started examining their dead cattle, they found they had one single hole in the center of their eyeballs. And you could smell a really strong chemical like lingering in the air around the dead cattle. Even stranger, despite the many different types of scavenger animals around, like buzzards and wolves and coyotes and things that will eat dead animals, they were completely intact. Nothing would go near them. Nothing would eat them. Terry said the hole in the eye was long enough where he took a metal wire and he inserted it into the hole and it literally went all the way back to the brain. So I always, I think I was thinking like alien probe at that point, like something went in and probed the eye. I don't know. Yeah, but what do aliens, I mean, what are they going to gain by killing a cow? They're probably studying it and the death is an unfortunate side effect. I mean, maybe. What are they studying? Probably just trying the to... The brain was still there. Yeah, but maybe the, the hole in the eye was because something went in and withdrew information from the brain. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they did a biopsy. I have no Cal idea. Um, the cows that had this happen to them weren't the only ones that became affected. Some cows on the farm just simply vanished, like never to be seen again. And they went around and asked all their neighbors, like, hey, have you seen our cow? You know, we're missing a lot of cows. What's going on? They could not find them anywhere. They weren't, they just never showed up. Did they do, like, any research to see if there was, like, a parasite? Yeah, they checked them. There was no natural causes for the cows dying. They weren't, like, found bloated. And where did or... they move from? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see that. If, like, I mean, I'm not trying to disprove anything, but if, like, the climate change was so different... For the animals that they just like were acting crazy. I don't think so. You sh- you should look that up while we talk. Um, during the next few months, the assault on the animals continued, and many different varieties of objects similar to the aircraft mentioned before were seen. Terry described one of them as 100 foot circular openings in the air. It was like four orange colored doorways would sort of spiral open. The Shermans were able to look through scopes to observe the phenomenons, and they said they watched as smaller craft would emerge from the hovering portals, fly around the property, and then re-enter the doorways. 
So like some interdimensional portal or maybe some advanced science that we're not familiar with. The Shermans described the smaller aircraft as being stealthy and 60 by 40 feet and squarish with short wings, which is not anything that we have knowledge of having in the United States. They also appeared to emit spikes of light, which hit the ground. So kind of like pulsating from there. The Shermans thought this might be some sort of navigational system. Later, the Sherman's son found a mutilated cow like five minutes after its death. And so the part of the story goes that the young man had been out in the fields and he saw the Angus just sitting there eating peacefully, um, just going about his cow business. And he came back like five minutes later and the cow was dead. And this poor cow had a, I see her face. <laughs> he had a six inch wide and eight inch deep whole cord out of his rectum yeah so the investigation is yeah, like from the eyes to the anus five minutes yeah um did he not hear anything no like the cow made no sounds mm -mm. i watched a video um because i've been like i said i've been researching a lot and the history channel did like a series where people had gone out there and done some documentation and in one of the videos they actually have a cow lying underneath a tree. This cow was found dead later. Um, it Stop just, bringing cows there. I'm sorry. Yeah. Jeez. It, so the cow is just lying under the tree. And you see it try to get up. And then it kind of like looks like something pushes it back down. And it sits back down. And then it kind of sits there. And then it does it again a couple more times. And it just looks like the cows maybe having some kind of a fit. Or just having some health problems. But then the guy zooms out. On the video because there's so many um, trail cams and everything set up there now for research and at the moment that the cow stands up this triangular craft can be seen coming into the shot up above the trees and it's a, the exact moment that it appears the cow sits back down and then it kind of zips off again and the cow tries to stand up and it comes back and it does that several times so I think they're definitely getting evidence that something is not okay and that there is I, I mean I can only assume that it's something alien in nature. Uh, during that summer, <laughs> our cat is on one. It's nice. We have the windows open for the first time in a while, and she gets the zoomies when it's nice out. So, sorry. During that summer, voices and conversations began to emanate out of nowhere in the air above their heads. Terry and his son and his nephew heard unintelligible voices while standing in a pasture. So they're standing out there and above their head, like 30 feet up, they hear like talking start. Uh, originally, they assumed it to be like a CB radio nearby that maybe they were just hearing because you know how it is when you're out in the middle of nowhere, you can hear and see things a lot farther than you would normally. But as they listened more closely, they could hear two distinct voices speaking in an unknown language that they said sounded like a cross between Russian and Native American. It was uh, really like... Um, guttural language but also had like a lot of Native American influence. One voice had a very deep tone and the other was really high pitched and I guess Terry had had enough of it so he yelled into the air we can hear you and they said the voices stopped for a second but terrifyingly moments later the deeper voice broke into a low rumbling laugh and then they just started the conversation again as if they just could give no shits about having been overheard like yeah we know 
And we're here. Yeah, we're glad you can hear us, and we can hear you and see you. And we just cord your poor cow's butthole. Jesus. God. The events reached a peak in the fall when the lights in the sky began to be accompanied by a large, heavy-set individual seated in a square-lighted structure sitting on the ground. So Gwen and Terry had gotten to, like, a habit of they would go out and they would use their scope that had, like, a really good magnification on it. And when they saw something, they would look through it to see if they could get any details. And this one time, they literally were looking through it, and they saw what Terry said was a person, but they were over seven feet tall and decked out in a totally black uniform and very big. And he's just, like, sitting in this object. They said that he appeared to have on a visor or something shiny on his face because of the way the light glinted in its head area. So when they, like, looked at him, it was, like, reflecting weird. Glowing blue balls soon began to show up on the property. These balls gave off a crackling sound, seemed intelligently controlled, and could either hover or move unbelievably fast. One evening, the Shermans watched as a blue ball approached one of their horses. These poor horses. I'm sure they were terrified. The light hovered within a foot of the frightened horse's face, and it was about a distance of 10 feet. Gwen shined a flashlight on the blue globe, and it, like, retreated, like, oh, no, I've been found out. And then approached Terry as if it was inspecting him. Terry described it as a glass ball about the size of a baseball, which appeared to contain two blue fluids, which intermingled with each other. So, I don't Originally, my brain went to, like, Phantasm, and I was thinking of that mm-hmm. silver ball flying around. When the blue ball returned later that night, the Sherman's three dogs chased after it. And you're just going to want to prepare yourself for this. Okay. Um, not too long after, Gwen and Terry watched as the dogs followed the glowing globe into a wooded area. They lost sight of the ball and the dogs, and then they heard a piercing yelp, and the three dogs didn't return. They were scared, so they didn't go after them at that point in time because they had all these experiences. So the next day, when Gwen and Terry finally found the resolve to go searching, they found three burned circles in the woods. In the center of each circle, they described a greasy blob of what looked to be like shortening or butter. The trees above the burned rings also looked like they had been scorched. And according to Terry, the grass eventually grew back, but all the tree limbs died. So, it was at that point that they decided they'd had enough. The death and mutilation of their pets was too much for them to handle, so Gwen and Terry then decided they were going to sell the ranch and leave. So, I mean, I would think if something liquefied my pets into butter, I would probably be gone too. Not only that, like, they were losing so much money. With like, all the cattle. Mm-hmm. Cattle farmers, and they moved out there because there's so much land, and it'd be, like, optimal to farm cattle, and they've, like, lost their source of income right yeah um the shermans later stated they should have noticed the warning signs before buying and moving into the ranch and this stuff's really freaking scary the previous owners lived there for a really really long time the man died um about 10 years before they moved in i think and the lady lived there for like seven years by herself and it became really obvious to them after these things started happening that something had scared them Because they had really large dog chains, like big, massive, heavy chains, bolted by each of their doors. So they had four doors, four chains. And they originally thought that maybe they had the chains because they had a dog and they, like, moved it from one one door to the other, depending on, like, the time of the day or, you know, if the dog needed to get out of the sunlight if the sun was coming through. 
But then they started talking to people and they found out that they had four dogs, really big, really vicious dogs, and they kept them chained up at their doors at all times, which makes you kind of wonder, did they do that because they're constantly afraid something was going to come in? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it also be like really scary living out there by yourself. Yeah, but they lived there forever. Not like 30 years of living out there. And I mean, you're on 500 acres. You would think that. Yeah, but it's the middle of nowhere and I'm sure people are like weird. Maybe. I feel bad for these dogs having been chained up like that. Horrible. I'm sure they yeah. were scared too. I'm sure. Um, after they kind of started piecing things together, they also noticed the inside of every door in the house was outfitted with a super heavy deadbolt. And at the center of the house was a hallway area with its access doors all bolted. In the hallway was a closet with a deadbolt on the inside. So did they, like, use that to, like, get away from something and seek refuge? That would be the only... Explanation for that, yeah. I mean, locking yourself in would be the only reason you'd want that on the inside. I guess it would be kind of akin to, like, an old-school safe room. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Once the decision to sell was made, Terry began speaking with members of the nearby Ute tribe. They told Terry that there were tribal songs about the spirits and spooks of the ranch going back 10 generations. I kind of think that might have been the first thing you wanted to do, be talk to people about your ranch before you move in. But, okay. So they were talking to a shaman, and he said the area was considered unholy ground and was on the path of the skinwalkers. Soon the land became a common attraction for those seeking to understand the strange happenings on the ranch. These included a naval intelligence officer for North Carolina and a less than friendly man that Terry determined was an Air Force special investigator who went to great lengths to be secretive. Actually, the terminology that was used in describing this man in the article I read was that the guy was a real asshole and was like super aggressive and abrasive. Every time he showed up to look his vehicle he, he was using, which I think they said was like an ATV, had different license plates on it. So he was like super trying to make sure nobody knew who he was. I mean, if he's like special ops maybe <laughs> in the military, yeah. that's probably why. But you're on my property. Get out. On their last night on the ranch, Terry and Gwen spent the evening rounding up the cattle, getting them ready to leave. So thankfully some of the cattle made it out alive. They were tired, they locked up all the doors, took their kids to bed, and then they took showers and went to bed. This is so fucking scary. The next morning, they awoke to find their bedding covered with blood. They both had a one-eighth inch deep scoop mark in the same place on their right thumbs. So something had done an experiment on them, taken evidence, I don't even know. Take that? Yeah. (laughs) So that is the end of the Terry and Gwen part of this. There are 17 different entities reported to be seen on the ranch. So I took the information from the Skinwalker Ranch website. And they're all from like personal accounts. And they do a really super good job. Their website's actually really cool. And they tell you the chance of like what each entity is, what they think it does, and the likelihood that you'll encounter it. And if you do, how long that encounter will last. And so they went through and they... Did a nice little chart. I'm going to take a drink for a sec, though, because I'm thirsty. Okay, so the first one is called the Spotlight. And it is a single spotlight similar to that on a motorcycle, but it travels about 10 to 40 miles per hour, typically hovering about 8 feet from the ground. Sometimes it's seen with a red taillight behind it, so it kind of seems like a vehicle. It can fly over any train type. 
and it may also be related to, if not misidentified as a flash drone. It seems to be some sort of observation slash sentry type vehicle. At times it seems to ignore the witness or not be able to locate your position. Other times it will directly beam the spotlight immediately upon the witness's location and it will interact with you if it spots you. It seems to be machine-like and able to read minds. Um, they're unsure if it's a mechanical structure behind the lights because nobody's ever actually been able to tell. And people have seen this for as short as 10 seconds all the way up to 15 minutes. And it is pretty popular or pretty, pretty. I don't know, popular would be the right thing. Prevalent. Prevalent. 46% um, of people who visit the ranch see it. And then they have the flash drones. So the flash drones are a pulsating spherical ball of light. The light appears bluish to yellow green glow. So that's what the Sherman saw. The light it casts is not extremely bright, but it will cast light on objects immediately surrounding it. Typically, there is no more than one orb gathered. It says there is more than one. Oh, there is more than one. I'm sorry. They have the ability to hover and, but make no noise. There appears to be no physical shape supporting these orbs. A characteristic feature is that they will pulsate their light intensely for a matter of seconds, growing extremely bright and then fading away to nothing as if it just simply vanished. Apparently, these have been witnessed during the day but are more visible at night. They have been seen transforming into other animal shapes and is suspected of having the ability to transmorph into the shape of local living animals. They can affect other electrical objects and have knocked out the power to the ranch house. It shifts between a visible and invisible state and as they pulse on and off. They are intelligent and purposeful-like in nature. The person suspects they are some sort of transportation vehicles for another intelligence or drones for the intelligence. So they have a role of observing. They are unique in that they appear almost curious about any human they come across. They seem to easily detect your presence and may be influenced by meditative thoughts or requests. I believe their function is to observe, report, and to transport either consciousness or actual entities within them as if some form of vessel. This is the most interactive of all the anomalies on the ranch and will pursue and entertain its viewers. The flash drones tend to take on a more interactive role if the observer is alone. It possesses the ability to generate a state of uncontrollable panic in those targeted. Witnessed working in groups in a predatory prey, predator prey fashion, the sensation of being hit by one is described as being hit by a high-velocity, warm water balloon, the after-effects of which immediately evaporate away. However, a state of depression typically follows, lasting for days to weeks. The light may only travel in a light-off configuration. I don't know what that means. When the light is visible, the object appears stationary. However, it disappears only to reappear in a different location. This supports that the light may be phasing in and out from one location to the next. So it is considered to be artificial or biological-like intelligence, potentially an animal-like intelligence, and the light radiated is seen in a 100-degree manner and does not cast light behind it. And people have seen this sometimes for just a minute or sometimes 45 minutes, and it appears to 25% of people or 25% chance of seeing it. How you doing over there? Good. Yeah, so I feel like these are very clearly UFO phenomenon, but I don't know, because they were saying the animal-like thing. I'm not sure where I stand on that sounds one. sounds like lightning bugs. Lightning bugs? That's a really large lightning bug. I said it flickers on and off. You ever seen a blue lightning bug? Did they say it was blue? They did. 
the beginning. A yellow green light. Blue green. Oh, yeah. bluish to yellow green. Yeah. Um, then we have the invisible chopper, which kind of sounds like Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy and their invisible boat machine. Um, it is heard coming from the south and flying to the north. It sounds like it's just 50 feet above your head. The noise sounds like a very large helicopter-like blade slowly rotating around. Um, I stress even in clear daylight, nothing can be seen. It is completely invisible. There is no smell detected. It seems to fly low and immediately over your head, and it sounds to be large. It is similar to the mini stealth, which we'll talk about later. Its purposes are unknown, and it will only make one pass over you. It never returns, which makes sense because helicopters go in one direction, and usually and don't turn around. What? I'm just, like, imagining. I had, like, a thought, like, a picture in my head of, like, the B-movie where they have, like, their own little society and, like, their own little um, vehicles. I'm just, like, imagining that this is, like, a B-society and they just have, like, little helicopters. And, and they're like, flying around. And vehicles flying and we just, like, happen to see them in one place. And they're just super loud. It's like, yeah. I don't think it's a B, but... <laughs> Okay, it only makes one pass. It is much slower than the mini stealth. Um, the two controllers, also unseen, have been overheard talking to one another in an unknown language, both during and after the vehicle passes. It is a manned aerial vehicle with exotic cloaking technology, maybe? I don't know. I feel like maybe there's like some super secret scientific lab, government lab around this place, and they've managed to... Work out invisibility cloaking and wear all this bunch of dopes. Um, you can hear it coming and listen for a good time as it passes over your head and continues on to its destination. It's usually a three-minute long encounter. Only 5.8% chance of seeing it, though. It says during a visit, and I'm not sure that I would. Um, we'll talk about that. I don't know if I could visit this place. Maybe during the day. I don't know. I'm scared. Um, then we have the mini stall, which is described as a miniature version of the stealth fighter similar to that in shape but roughly only eight feet long and six feet wide it flies extremely fast it's all black in color no exhaust is seen it will perform aerobatic maneuvers at times typically flies over the head of the witnesses it flies from the south and the north end of the ranch and a surrounding property no one knows why but it has frequently flown over the heads of observers Flies about 500 feet above the ground and above witnesses. It somehow to them feels military in nature and man-made. It is definitely a solid object, but will also only make one pass. So many wonder if it's an unmanned aerial vehicle. I guess that would be like a drone. I don't know. Due to its fast nature, it can only be seen for a short period, perhaps 5 to 10 seconds. And you have about a 7% chance of seeing it. And this is the one I think that the um, Sherman saw on their first encounter that many think is probably the Skinwalker. It is called the Bulletproof Wolf. It is considered a dire wolf, you know, like in Game of Thrones, has really massive, huge wolves. It has long, dirty, mangy, gray-black hair, has a proud, intimidating, and intense presence. Uh, it is unsure if it's hostile or friendly, but most people feel like it's probably more hostile. They definitely are fear, fearful of it. It has a large, sturdy body structure, has an usually long and bushy tail. It may travel within the flash drones and manifest from them, as seen by two researchers. 
has and will vanish from view eventually, but seems solid in nature, and it has a very penetrating stare, but is unable, unwilling to communicate either verbally or physically. So it doesn't really interact a whole lot. It is my personal belief that the wolf is the solid manifestation of whatever intelligence is on the ranch. It is a biological form taken to directly physical interact on the three-dimensional plane we exist on. It is a curious demeanor and maybe a shape taken for whatever reason to directly inspect an observer. You would think that they would pick something a little less intimidating to interact. Um, it is considered biological in appearance. However, its behavior will definitely not be characterized as that of a normal wild wolf. Um, it gets as close as 10 feet or closer to someone, which is really scary. Um, only for two to five minutes and then it leaves. And you have a 15% chance of seeing that. So, what do they think? Like, the skinwalkers are working with aliens? I'm confused. Because this is, like, everything prior to the wolf is not skinwalker-related at all. That's why I said early on. There's so much phenomena. There's lots of alien stuff. Lots of paranormal. We There's actually, like, some things that they think might be, like, ghostly entities. It's The place is crazy. Um, but then I guess my question is, why would the wolf, like the skinwalker wolf, work with whatever drones that are being shown there? Maybe it doesn't have a choice. Maybe it's being controlled. Like skinwalkers don't have a choice. Unless whatever is there is more powerful than it, and it has assumed control over the entity. Maybe it's trapped. I don't know about that. I don't know. How would it be trapped? I it made the conscious decision to be it. No, maybe it's trapped on the property and being manipulated or controlled by whatever is out there. I mean, obviously, this is some super crazy stuff. I don't, don't make skeptical faces at me as you chug your drink. Also, I feel like the first two things you explained are the same thing. They sound very similar. Like, I feel like they just, like, one maybe looked a little different. Mm -hmm. at one time so they categorize them as two different things yeah and like this next thing it's called the controllers but it is definitely embedded in the invisible chopper that flies over and this i think is what the sherman's heard the thing the voice is talking above them when he was out there with his son and nephew it sounds like two adult males speaking to each other in an unknown language they are invisible and usually overheard speaking about 20 feet above somebody's head and they speak in native american kind of Russian dialect. Russian or Native American? Both. It's like both mixed together. Remember I said that earlier? That it sounds like a like a language that they've never heard, but that would be the closest thing they could say. Yeah, but they, this says they were speaking a Native American dialect. But earlier it said Native American and Russian. That's what they thought. That's what they thought. Um, they the Shermans who were probably getting <laughs> their meth pipes in their Skinwalker Ranch. I don't believe they're in meth pipes. <laughs> Um, they are not the only ones who have seen it. There are lots of people who have witnessed the interaction. They sound like they're talking over a walkie-talkie. I'm kind of paraphrasing. Um, they make no attempt to communicate with the witnesses. And um, once they feel like they are being overheard, they stop talking and kind of go somewhere else. Or laugh maniacally like they did to the Shermans. Um, they appear to, like I said, be interrelated to the invisible chopper. And they are heard after the chopper flies over. Um, they are not sure what type it is. It's human-like, sounds more biological than machine, but things think that it may be like some interdimensional entity that we're just accidentally overhearing. Who knows? 
It's about one minute in duration and you only have a 15% chance of hearing it. And actually some people, it says 1.3% chance of seeing, but I don't recall anybody saying that they saw it. Well, like the description said, it's typically invisible, which means that it's not always. Where it is not. Yeah. And then we have the traveler who is an ancient looking native American man dressed in primitive attire. He and his tribe once lived on the Skinwalker Ridge cliffs and upper canyons just northeast of the ranch house where their bodies and are rumored to be buried. He is said to have lost his family and entire tribe, sorry, to the sky beast, which came out of a bright light. So there's some people that think that maybe that's what's been going on all along. Like these things are like taking people. He wears the skins of animals and resides within them as he travels about the ranch property. These include the wolf, coyote, and the eagle. As a result of his contact with an alien or interdimensional presence on the ranch, he now resides on the ranch and nearby properties as an ethereal, ghost-like figure, alive yet not so, in the context that modern science understands. Is it like him wearing the um, skins like bad juju? Well, it says he's probably a skinwalker. Where? I believe later. Hold on. Because didn't you say earlier, like, they think it's, like, a bad omen to wear Predatory animals. Predatory, mm-hmm. and those are three predatory animals. Yeah. He is seen at times as flesh and blood and, like, solid human, while other times he seems kind of to, like, be out of phase or translucent. Um, he serves a role as a silent witness commonly present in the background. He is separate from all the balls of light and whatever the host they represent he is known within intergovernment circles as the Traveler, and they believe he was once a Navajo man, but he is now a no longer a human. He is known to initiate communication with those who seek his audience by accepting their offerings on the property. He's he, so nice. Maybe. I mean, I'm not sure anything here is nice. Once, he was once a human, assumed to have died. He now resides as something of a spiritual nature, forever trapped in a timeless interdimensional void. He provides warnings to truth seekers and oversight to the interactions of the foreign intelligence, which frequents the property. He is separate, a separate entity from the ranch's main host. His modes appear altruistic, and he is a harbinger for the coming of the host. See, he's good. Yeah. Because they said that he probably, his death was related to mm-hmm. all the things that are going on. So he serves as like a so warning, like, no hey, for him to get out of here. Bad. Yeah. Um, people see him for anywhere from one minute to two hours, which seems like a long time. They're just talking to him? Yeah. Well, I guess, like, communicating, but I don't know if it's actually talking. He appears both physically and has been seen transforming into animals. See, I told you, Skinwalker. I know. But also has the ability to visit the witnesses at home and appear to them while placing them into a trance-like state. Mm-hmm. He can also be channeled via Ouija board-like formats. He's so, not a Skinwalker, because Skinwalkers aren't dead people. I mean, he's also changing. Animals like aren't ghosts; they're people. But he's wearing animal pelts and transforming into animals. That doesn't mean. I'm just reading. I'm just going with what don't I was told. Don't disrespect the Navajo man. I don't think he's a skinwalker. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Um, Let's go talk to him. <laughs> yeah, you have a five percent chance of of seeing him or making contact with him, or two percent chance of seeing him in physical form. So, so he doesn't come out very often. No, so your best chance, I think, would be to use a Ouija board and try to contact him, which I will not be doing. 
Um, this, they think, might be the same figure as the Traveler. It's called the Dark One. It is described by both past residents to the ranch and current researchers who have had close encounters. This figure seems out of place with the bizarre alien nature of the phenomena. He's described as male, always being alone, and appears to be a primitive Native American, possibly a Fremont or Pueblo. He is, or possibly Aztec in origin. He does not speak. He appears to be residing outside of our own timeline and even appears surprised at times. He possibly serves to be as a gatekeeper to the phenomena and the portal. His role is separate and detached from whatever endeavor the Skinwalker and company have on the ranch. See, I told you he was a Skinwalker. It is speculated that he may have opened the original portal that remains open to this day and is somehow trapped in time. Wait, how did you get that? Get He's a Skinwalker from that when they say the his other guy. role is detached from whatever endeavor the Skinwalker and company have on the ranch. The Skinwalker would be the other guy we just talked about. The Skinwalker is the wolf, Mom. Oh, maybe. Okay. <laughs> like, what? Damn. All right. Let me drop the boat. <laughs> He's likely a human shaman, may still be a human, albeit trapped in a separate timeline, alternate reality. He seems to be powerful and feared by the other entities. So maybe he's the key to getting all this crap cleaned up. Yeah, because they said that he's like um, out of place with everything that goes on there. So he's just kind of... Imagine the reason that he appears surprised is because he's like probably looking around like, how the fuck did I get here? Am I stuck here with all this yeah. crazy shit? Maybe. Um, he appears one to three minutes at a time and he's seen looking through, I'm sorry, seen through the looking glass of an open porthole. What? Portal. So, like I don't know. Bear? Maybe. Um, he is very, very rare and you only have a .03% chance of seeing him. And I feel like this might be part of the skinwalker here, the little girl. Because there is a disembodied body voice of a little girl that has been heard by several investigators in the past. Um, this person that is talking about it said they have not witnessed it. But she is described as an adolescent female speaking to herself or to the witness. It is extremely soft and difficult to hear. Her origin and background is unknown. She has been heard at different parts around the ranch property and on surrounding property. They don't know if she's speaking in a foreign language or if it's just really soft, hard to hear English. Um, she is always by herself. They think she might be more of a traditional haunting or apparition than anything like alien in nature. Um, not sure how often people see her or whatever. I feel like she sounds a lot like the videos I've seen of skinwalkers trying to impersonate people to try and lure you out. So. To me, even though they say it sounds like a little girl, to me it sounds like somebody trying to lure someone to come out into an area where they're vulnerable and, like, get them. Maybe. Then they have firefly spirits, see? Sprites. Sprites. That's Tiny, such a cuter word than mm -hmm. spirit. Tiny balls of bluish light which seem to spawn from the ground and float upwards, similar in appearance to seeing stars. If you hyperventilate, <laughs> they seem to dissipate as they raise <laughs> about eight feet into the air. Very small and dimly lit. They're in it. They have energy originating from deep within the earth and are being expelled upwards. They appear to have a natural yet unknown explanation. The ground soil has a high concentration of silica and may be contributing source. They appear to have no intelligent design or function. So they think they might just be like some natural earth lights. And they last anywhere from five to 
two hours and actually pretty common, like 30% chance of seeing it. And then we have this terrifying thing called a freaking water baby. And it is known to the local Ute natives as the Pawpix. Yeah. Um, this entirely common, commonly, this entity and commonly inhabits the surrounding waterways. They can be recognized by their vocalizations, which mimic the sound of a crying human baby. According to local lore, once the curious bystander goes to investigate, he, she is in, he or she is then dragged underwater to be drowned by the water baby. The creature is said to have a humanoid form a, and long dark hair and is the size of a small child. So that is terrifying. They will mimic the sound of a child crying to entice its victims into close proximity to the water, whereas then going to attempt to drown and or hypnotize its victims to drown themselves. It transverses the canals around the ranch and can be heard swimming near those within its proximity. Can you freaking imagine being in water swimming around your ranch, hearing a baby crying and then hearing something swimming towards you? No. That would be so freaking scary. The baby would be getting kicked in the face. I don't think you can kick a water baby. Um, they are very, although maybe you can because it says they are very solid physical presence. <laughs> Um, they do not stray from their watery abode, and they only interact vocally or drown you. Yeah, I was going to say, only interact vocally. They interact vocally, and then they physically kill you. Yeah. Um, five minutes to an hour. If I were in the presence of a water baby for an hour, I'd probably be mad after that. Well, that's the scary thing is, like, if you're not aware of that, and you hear, like, you're in the middle of nowhere, and you hear, like, a... Baby crying? Baby crying, you're going to be inclined to... Go check on it because you're going to be like, what, why is there a baby here? Yeah. And then the baby's going to drown you. And mm. yeah. Um, there have been angels heard singing on very rare occurrences where male and female witnesses, both past and present, have heard the sound of a chorus of angels singing, which sounds all sweet and great, except for it's in this terrifying area. Um, they think it might be artificially reproduced, like an AI thing, um, in order to calm people down. So I don't know if it's like some kind of manipulation tactic um, or if it actually represents a manifestation of some godly spiritual entities that are introducing themselves to the people around the ranch. I don't know. Um, so they think it might be, it says type, actual spiritual beings known as Christian angels or some unknown intelligence mimicking the religious dogma of terrified witnesses seeking higher protection. So is it kind of like scoffing at people like, oh, you're praying? Ah. Yeah. What if it sounds the same every time? I don't know, but that's scary. I don't like Because like when I hear like AI reproduced, I like literally just imagine them like pressing a button. Like hitting play? Yeah. Hey, they're praying again. Get them with the, yeah. get them with the angel singing. Give them hope for a second. <laughs> and then we're going to send down the guys that are going to laugh at them and do all these other things. Ugh. All right, um, we are almost done with all these terrifying entities here. So these are called glow birds. Um, they remind the investigators of a flock of red glowing birds. They may actually be birds with odd bioluminescent properties. So actual glowing birds. Or they may be a large group of small red orbs. They are typically seen around treetops and also as lights illuminating the individual objects. They all turn off in unison. So they're all linked up together nobody knows why they're there um they may be natural but they're not sure they may be some kind of form of energy that nobody knows about yet 
They do appear to have some kind of rudimentary intelligence. They are always witnessed from a distance and they never interact. And they're only seen um, for like 20 seconds and you have a pretty small likelihood of seeing them of only 7%. Um, then there's this orange football, which is a traditional UFO shape, yet a metallic surface has never been observed. It appears to be about 15 feet wide by 10 feet high. That's a guesstimate. Has a shape of a football. That's it is huge. Yeah, that is really big. It is seen as an orange glowing ball of plasma with tendrils of red flame-like plasma dancing about the outer perimeter, and it is completely silent. Sounds like really cool. That sounds pretty freaking cool, um, especially because they think it might be a vehicle. It appears to have intelligence and is intelligently controlled. It is unknown if there are any occupants inside the vehicle or if it is a UAV, which is a what? Unattended vehicle, okay. probably. I believe it may possess the ability to read and communicate thoughts. It is considered non-hostile in nature and dis displays more of a curious demeanor around witnesses. Um, people see it for about five minutes and not too much of a chance of seeing it, only 4%. And then there's a sentient mist. What do you even what do you even think when you see that? I don't know. That'd be like I'd be like, oh my I feel like half the things there would make me lose my mind. I feel like I'd just be in awe. Like actually seeing that. I feel like I'd be peeing. It's my like pants. one of those experiences that you have that you can't like tell anybody because it'd be like unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, well, I think what makes it more believable is that there are so many people have actually seen these things. Like they're investigators there. 24-7 now that are always... Well, yeah, those people are going to believe it, but, like, just set, like, imagine seeing something like that and then going home being to, like, like, normal people who have never experienced something like that or who haven't been out there and being like, yeah, I just saw this 10-foot tall orange football-shaped thing with flame tendrils. <laughs> it looks the like the sun flying, a football sun. Yeah. Which is what I imagine it looks like, like some football sun. I don't know. This place is crazy. Aliens are getting creative. You can't even get there anymore. It's like completely locked down, like, like Area, Area 51. 51. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, then there's a sentient mist. And so this says it is described by Bigelow researchers as a neurological electricity. This unique entity is completely black in color. It takes the intangible form of a thick smoke. The smoke is described like a disembodied skin of black electrified energy that possesses an intellect. So, that's scary. Theories hold that this is a pre-transitional embodiment of a not-yet-formed entity as it emerges from a portal or flash drone. This shapeless, malleable mist will eventually mold itself into a, a local animal or humanoid. And it says, update, this form has been known to take a humanoid-like shape with tentacle appendages. Uh, no. It's not human-like. <laughs> <laughs> humanoid. There's nothing human-like about that. Um, it is believed to be a temporary body type taken by an unformed entity. So, I guess they're thinking that something is not quite sure what it wants to be yet. So, it just kind of comes and it finds something that it wants to go into. I don't know. It typically transitions to a humanoid, wolf, or local animal shape once it, once it emerges from the portal and is so solidly within our dimensional space. Um, and then the update again, it says, described as having tentacles, which it uses to toxify its victims by inserting via the mouth and thereby suffocating the lungs with what feels like burning dust. 
This immediately transports the victim into the spirit world, a nether region in the devoid space Wait. between the earth and the heavens. How do we know How does this? that happen? I don't know. These sightings almost always result in a close encounter with an entity. No, no communication occurs, but they do result in a noticeable electric shock if physical contact occurs. I'm going to just assume that that has never happened, which is like an insane <laughs> jump. Jump. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. <sighs> How will they know that it feels like burning dust? I guess somebody's Unless... had it happen to them when they survived. That no, would it have to be. them into the spirit world. <laughs> Maybe then they come back. I don't know. Either I have lots of questions. Yeah, I have. I'm going to talk to whoever wrote this because <laughs> how do they know that? Uh, okay, then there's the portal. In 2012, while on a property to the north of the ranch, I have seen this firsthand and have possibly been exposed to radiation from it. <laughs> and made the entire night scenery appear like daytime for 10 seconds. A very bright flash of light illuminated both from the sky and the ground. <laughs> Funny. That is not funny. That's like horrifying. I have possibly been exposed to radiation. I would imagine it's definitely radiation. Um, it has been described as like a window to another world or dimension. The bright light may have been the result of daylight in this other dimension location shifting through this window into our time space. Rumor has it that orange portals emit living creatures oh, with tentacles and stuff. And that blue portals allow vehicles to pass. Seen to the west of the ranch, 500 to 1,000 feet in the sky, likely the source where strange non-native animals, intelligent entities may be entering through ranch property, to ranch property. Um, so it's considered a manipulation of time, space, or unique energies to create a doorway to an unknown location or reality. I want to know why they think they were exposed to radiation. Like, after walking away from it, did they have well, I would imagine side effects of radiation? That or the fact that it was so intense and large i would think would make you be like oh what the heck i don't know um it's, it happens for about 10 seconds which doesn't sound like a long period of time but if you're being exposed to that that'd be really scary <laughs> probably feels like an hour probably all right and now we are down to our last thing which is the night whistler okay before you go into that i have a question so okay. with the frequency or whatever that they say like this one has two percent chance of seeing it if I went to that place every day for a year, would I experience all of these things? I don't know. I mean, somebody's had to experience like how all do of they them. Get, like the frequency, like how do they know? Like, I would imagine that's just all research data. I mean, they have they have been like they probably just went through like pe- all the journals of people who've been there and well and seen like who's experienced. There are people there twenty four seven now. And there's cameras set up everywhere, and they are constantly looking at and reviewing footage, and they are picking up this stuff happening. Do you think they wake up and they're like, I wonder what I'm going to experience today? Probably. I wonder if, like, you experience something every day, though, or if there's, like, days where nothing happens. I'm sure there's probably... I don't know. I mean, there's so much. Like, we're getting ready to cover number 17. There are so many different entities and things that are there that I would imagine that you have a pretty good chance of seeing stuff. It almost seems crazy that, like, every single day something's happening, and, like... There isn't legitimate, like, re... I don't know. I don't know how I'm trying to word this. Like, NASA's not there right now, like, recording every second of every day to prove extraterrestrial life. Like, this would literally... If this is happening, this would be, like, solid proof that there are aliens. Well, I mean, it is now considered... um, You're not allowed to... The people that are there 
are not allowed to talk about what happens. So it is un- now currently under government contract, and we'll never we're never going to know then because no. it's the same thing that happened with Area Fifty One. Area Fifty One, mm-hmm. and um, what is the Roswell? Yeah, like they're going to go out of their way to make sure we don't know. As far as this person, whoever's writing this, hasn't been popped in the face, <laughs> disappeared. Okay, the last one we have is called the Night Whistler. Numerous accounts have been shared to to people by neighbors surrounding the ranch regarding this phenomenon. It only occurs at night. Neighbors hear what sounds like a man whistling a single long note with breaks between. It was first reported in 2003 and is still happening to this day. So it sounds like a male whistling an eerie long tune with the proximity mere feet about the witness's head. This anomaly only occurs at night and seems to plague those on and around Skinwalker Ranch. Whatever or whomever is whistling the tune is invisible and unknown. So they don't know. They think they think it's a male because of um, the deeper tone. They think it possibly could be human. They have no idea. I don't know how a human would be um, hovering above your head, invisibly whistling. Um, it lasts for 10 seconds, and it's another one that's pretty um, unlikely to see, only 2%. So that concludes our trip to the um, terrifying Skinwalker Ranch. I really would like to say that I, if, if we were allowed, I'd be brave enough to go there, but I don't think that I am. I would. Would you? I'd go there before we went to the last place you talked about, which you were all about. The um, Waverly Hill Sanatorium. I would go here first in a heartbeat. Really? Because I tend to be less I'm not scared. Be seeing a whatever the hell you talked about in the last place. Oh, that, that was creeper crawling up the walls. Like these things don't seem like they want to hurt anybody outside of like the water babies. I don't know. I tend to be less afraid of paranormal ghostly encounters than aliens. Aliens scare the shit out of me. So if you were told right now you can come stay here for a week and you knew that you were going to leave with, like, proof that there's something outside of our solar system. You wouldn't go? I would go, but I'd be really scared the whole Didn't time. Didn't Demi Lovato do that? She went somewhere like that where she got solid proof that aliens exist. She claims that, She was with, like, a researcher like this. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't, would do it. I I don't know. I'm just like really afraid going, of like, aliens. Black. I'm not. I think that'd be so cool to know. It would be really cool, but I don't We're know. We're not cows, so they're not going to rip our buttholes out and put <laughs> wires in our eyes. They didn't put the wire in their eye. That was just his way of finding out how deep the hole was. We have to get the hole somehow. We have four minutes before our recording shuts <laughs> off. <laughs> okay. I um, would go. I, I think I would. I don't know. I would consider If I was, it. like, with people who knew how to, like, like, people who've been there and knew how to traverse... Yeah, but they Everything. can't keep and you like, safe. What if you're like sucked yeah, up into are space? Yeah, every day. You said that people are like constantly monitoring that. And as far as we know, they haven't been, no one's been sucked up into space or disappeared. Well, I didn't research how many people have gone missing from this place. I don't know. Maybe if we get the chance, I would probably take it. But I'm not going to actively seek this out as an opportunity. I feel like that's like a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah. I would do it. If you're still interested in learning more, there's lots and lots. Just Google Skinwalker. There's a, we haven't watched it yet, but yeah. there's a Skinwalker Ranch show out right now. Mm-hmm. I wanted to watch that after we did this because I felt like this is a ton of information already as it is. I think BuzzFeed Unsolved did a, oh, maybe, someone like but someone like that did a YouTube video on Skinwalker Ranch that was really good. Yeah. It's a really cool, I mean, it's a really cool thing. Yeah, and you didn't talk about them as long, but the Shermans, like, their story is, like, 
crazy insane yeah like they talk it's like hours worth of stuff to talk about it was hard to find a lot of things that weren't repeating the same experiences because i'm pretty sure their last night there was not fun that's the one i told you where they got like the scooped out but i didn't the story I was relaying was one that they actually told to an interviewer, so mm-hmm. there might be more information out there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know, but well, this was a long one. Thank you if you um, are still hanging in there with us. I think this was a really super informative and really cool and scary episode. Yeah, if um, anyone out there knows any connects that can get me there, let me know, because I would love to. Because now that I'm, like, hearing about it, I feel like it's more like... Alien. Alien instead of like, skinwalkers are terrifying, but if the only thing that they think is like actually a skinwalker is the wolf and you have a 7% chance of seeing it. Yeah. And it's not even like trying to hurt people. It's just like kind of there. There. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it is human nature to be scared of things you don't understand. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure that's why the show I'm sure if I got there and saw stuff like that, I'd myself but oh, i yeah. still would be like wow <laughs> i mean just think back to how you felt when we went to mineral springs mall and things yeah. started to happen imagine having the chance of seeing 17 different things where this crap happens i would freak out it would be overwhelming yeah it'd be really cool i want to know stuff and i want to experience things but i'm so scared You're that like, it's gonna happen i want yeah. to believe i do <laughs> um so thank you for listening to the monsters and mixers podcast Please follow us on our socials on Facebook at Monsters and Mixers Pod, on Twitter at Monsters Mixers, and on Instagram at Monsters and Mixers Podcast. Like and follow us on your preferred listening platform. Leave a five-star rating and send us those stories via email at monstersandmixers2 at gmail.com or at one of the socials mentioned. So see you next time when we dive into another terrifying tale and concoct a new delicious drink to wash down the horror. Now get out there and meet some ghosts. And make some toasts.